Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. A Proud Mother, written by Hamster4. An echo of Mother Earth talks to her children. The council chambers are in an uproar, being that once held tremendous power and influence cast furtive glances at their fellows. Alliances that have been held firm for centuries were now in question thanks to the crisis which had been risen in a backwater arm of the galaxy. The emperor himself banged the gavel three times for silence, and the room eventually fell to the respectful hush. At the end of the emperor's signal, the court crier formally stated, Step forward, Oran of the Tinelexi, and perform the duty for which you were born. A gaunt, unassuming specimen of the Tinelexi species stepped into the light at the center of the council chamber, cybernetic enhancements sprouting from several points around its bulbous head. The Tinelexi were the most physically tuned species in the galaxy. Their service were often called upon for interrogations or extreme circumstances, galactic analysis. When he addressed the council, he spoke in a thin, nasally voice. The galactic probe dispatched to Sol's system has been recovered thanks to the immense bravery of the Imperial Marines. He nodded to the bluish figures standing guard at every doorway. He managed to capture the psychic imprint of the human's homeworld, Sol III. Since time is of the essence, I have been volunteered to merge with the imprint so that we may better assess the threat the humans present to our way of life. A gasp escapes in the lips of several council members. Such a merger could reveal a treasure trove of information about a species' strengths and weaknesses, yet it came with a terrible cost to the psychic sanity. With a quivering hand, the Telexi raised a neural interface to his head, and his eyes began to glow with a soft blue light. Still speaking in his natural voice, the slave sacrificed its struggle to say, a quick reading shows not one, but six mass extinction events triggered by both internal and external factors. The most recent of these holocausts came as the direct result of the panic giving birth to a spacefaring civilization. Slowly, a melodic yet faint mocking female tone began to creep in. These humans, which are ransacking our space lanes and murdering our enforcers, are the direct result of an explosion of biodiversity following fifth mass extinction. Rapid climate change forced three living species to adapt to open plain biomes. Instead of dying out like one would expect from species caused so far from the ecological niche, the humans adapted. They lost most of their fur and developed a thermal regulation system based around the rapid loss of their body water. Well, still not the strongest or fastest species on the planet, these humans barged their way to the top of the food chain through the unprecedented act of persistence hunting. Simply put, these humans would wait for the worst part of the day to for heat management, then force a prey animal to exert itself until the poor creature's thermoregulation system failed. The Telex's control of the narrative was starting to slip. No psychic imprint in history of this procedure had ever moved so aggressively. The poor Telex's mouth continued to form words. I was initially a little insulted that such an insignificant creature would claim apex predator status. In a fit of rage, I brought about the ice ages and global flooding to drive these humans to extinction. Yet, 
Their new ecological niche disappeared, the humans adapted again. They stole ecological niches of other species and wandered my surface with impunity. Instead of freezing to death, these hairless former tree-dwellers stole the skins of my less tenacious children and went on and occupied coastlines, floodplains, and mountainsides. They kidnapped one of the most vicious pack hunters and molded it into their own most trusted companion. Here, the feminine voice let out an unsettling giggle. In spite of my best efforts, the humans have spread to all habitable landmasses. They were so numerous that no radical shift in climate nor predator could guarantee their extinction. I shook with disgust as the humans forced their will upon the riches of my terrestrial ecosystem. Areas which once supported hundreds of plant and animal species were artificially limited to one or two that the humans could consume most efficiently. Great bounties of protein-rich aquatic life were stolen from my oceans, and the humans could occupy more than my biomass. A shadow crossed the Telexi space and merged, being closed its glowing eyes. I watched as the humans grow complacent in their mastery of the land. They shifted some of their population away from immediate survival to event culture, religion, and cities. With each harvest of winter thaw, they gave praise to me, their uh, Mother Earth. I gave them nothing but vermin to wipe their food stalls, yet they still thanked me. I hid their water supply underneath meters of soil and stone, and they responded by building temples in my name. I heaped scorn on every gesture of devotion, and yet these humans interpreted it as benevolence. A skull that possessed Telexi's war while uttering the name Mother Earth gave away to a smile. But my swarms of vermin and ecological disruption had failed. I turned inwards and found a new vector that would capitalize on humanity's talents for communal living. It was a plague, a microorganism adapted to find an equilibrium within the bodies of humanity and kidnapped herbivores. I pushed a mutation here and a protein there, and soon my newest creation was turning the humans inside out. Within days, entire cities lay in ruins. The humans ignored my hand in the epidemic. Instead, they blamed each other. Those who had lost much despised those who had lost little. In the close confines of the city streets, my darling children butchered one another. The Telexi tilted his head upwards and the eyes flashed open, emitting a flash of blindingly intense light. Once the witness vision had cleared to a hazy images of animalistic violence began to materialize above the Telexi's head. The interspecies murder was not a new thing within my domain. The base stock from which I molded these humans were constantly killing each other over status, mates, and food. It was the organization and discipline with which these humans took to the act of fratricide that warmed me to the core. I could grant them a long period of stability to grow their population, then pull a sudden trout just to watch my little fat humans steal and kill for remaining food. I stabilized trade winds so that distant bands of humanity could come together and resolve their differences. The ensuing bloodshed was magnificent. The images grew clearer, showing humans with all manner of armor and weapons slaughtering each other with reckless abandon. Even when humanity was no longer at the mercy of my winds and rain, they still killed one another. For religion, for territory, or for the sheer joy of conquest, every step of the way I egged them on to greater acts of violence and depravity. 
Not content with war over regional concerns, Marius ended up banding together into a supertribe that found an equally matched supertribe to make war with. This conflict enveloped the entire planet as humans made war on an industrial scale for the first time. The humans fought to a stalemate in an artificial landscape of trenches and wire. I had trained them so well in the art of stubborn perseverance that even in the face of starvation and poison gas, they bitterly held on. To my surprise, they called a twenty-year timeout to perfect some fantastic innovations in the art of murder. Then they rushed back to the maelstrom of war with an even greater zeal. By this point, the ruined hellscape of Earth in total war filled the consciousness of every being in the chamber. Several counselors became ill with what they saw. Unfortunately, the second global conflict had an unforeseen outcome. Working under the threat of impeding doom, a clever punch of my children managed to steal the fire from the stars. It took only one successful test before the humans wrapped their new discovery in a bomb and used it to obliterate two inhabited cities. The resulting radioactive release of energy still tickles my soil and perfumes my air. Alas, humans treated their newfound power with a sobering restraint. For the first time in our long and bloody history together, my most pugnacious children refused to bring their best toys to the game of war. The feminine voice continued with an almost childlike pout. This was a period of great confusion for both of us. The thread of violence hung in the air like a barely remembered melody whose last note was infuriatingly absent. The humans experimented with limited war, military assistance, police actions, even sports, but nothing could quite satisfy us. Instead, they turned to their energies outwards. They threw the bravest and most determined of their kin into the cold blackness of the void. Many were lost in those early days, but the human adaptability and determination found a use in deeds beyond warfare. Eventually, all of my sisters in the soul system choked and labored to support my favorite children. The body of the possessed Telexi swayed back and forth like a hideous meat-filled marionette. Sadly, the humans lacked the imagination to reach further into the limits of their own star. I suppose I was partially to blame. They made several brave attempts to ford a vast gulf of nothing between the stars. Alas, the limited time span I forced on a single human's existence blocked them from any real chances of success. With that, possessed Telexi whirling to address the emperor himself. That is why I'm so grateful to you, my little emperor. A series of frightened whispers filled the room. Did the psychic projection just address him directly? Was this some sort of cruel prank from the Telexi Collective? Where were the answers and the questions mnemonically imprinted in the Telexi Slave? How could this farce bring any closer to resolution for the human crisis? You were a perfect playmate for my wayward children. I cheered in delight as you humiliated, slaughtered, and enslaved my precious humans. It was everything that they needed and more. Did you not see it in our eyes? The spark of hatred, the drive to master, to dominate. The images of humans wrapping their chains around the hulking overseers and then leaping to their doom as the filled chambers. The councillors watched those waves of humans armed with nothing more than farming tools rushed the line of heavily armed infantry. The emperor himself stared in muted horror at the best warriors his empire could master were torn to pieces and blood-crazed humans. Together, they witnessed act after act of wanton bloodlust. 
every image accompanied by a maniacal laughter of the corrupted narrator. Don't you see? It would have been terribly inappropriate for my children to come to you as servants. Images of the wrecked Imperial ships being repurposed into new and distinctly human fleets searched into view. In due time, my beloved offspring will come to you as conquerors. The demonically tainted voice squealed in joy. The warped and ruined body of the Telexi slave exploded into a fountain of gore and cybernetic enhancements. The pressure, now free from the physical confines, elevated the volume and intensity of the parallel to the strongest of hurricanes. Loose papers were unsecured, objects were swirling in the vortex. Counselors, who once stood demanding answers, were now cast to the floor in its fury. You wanted to understand the nature of humanity. Then understand this. No species will ever know hate. Quite like the humans know hate. Because no other planet would dare love their children the way that I loved humanity. At this revelation, the Emperor fled the room in terror. He hastily ordered the council room sealed. Once he was safely away from the site, was glassed from orbit. Counselors, trapped by the Emperor's orders, smashed their limbs and bodies pulped, pleading for release. Behind them, that voice, that sweet, terrible voice, just laughed and laughed. End of story number one. The Center of the Galaxy, written by Golganash. Humans, they are going to be the death of us all. Every species has, at some point, wondered what was the center of the galaxy. Our sensors and communications arrays couldn't penetrate the storm that surrounded it. We've all sent expeditions there to find out and learn what was at the center of the galaxy that we love so much. And no one has ever returned. In the hundreds of years since the earliest expedition, or the most recent one ten years ago, with most advanced and powerful technology that we could muster, no one has ever come back from the storm at the center of the galaxy. That is, uh, until the humans sent their expedition force, led by Captain Megan Quinn. I'm sure you recognize her name. She's the daughter of the infamous Admiral Rax Quinn, who operated the equally infamous HFS Kraken. To be perfectly candid, it was less than an expedition and more like an entire fleet of battleships, cruisers, carriers, and other military ships. You see... The humans figured that the reason that no one was coming back was because something or someone was killing them. How I wish that they were wrong. The expedition force called the Centerfold Fleet jumped into the center of the Milky Way galaxy. There was a super impressive black hole we figured was there, but uh, according to the visual scanners, something was inside of it. That was when the tentacle, almost a whole light year long, swung out at the Centerfold Fleet. Due to the interference from the black hole, they couldn't roof jump out of the way, and almost a third of the ships were obliterated, and another third of them were thrown off course by the currents caused by the massive tentacle. The humans, scrambling from the sudden attack, distanced themselves from the black hole at what the survivors called a space kraken, after a mythological beast that was supposedly in Earth's oceans when they still existed, emerged from the black hole. Almost as dark as it had when it emerged from... Captain Quinn, being a human, did not flee. Being human, she fired everything she had at the creature. Half her armaments, enough to completely disintegrate the surface of the planet, streaked towards where they assumed the head was. While the other half focused on the tentacle that had barely missed them. The creature's head did not suffer any damage from the attack, 
but the tentacle did. It did not sever it, but it let out an ocean's worth of glowing green blood from the wound. A scientific ship that was nearby took samples and did the sensible thing that any rational species would do. Run away. They flew towards the outer edge of the gravitational well in the black hole and then jumped away to study the samples. Captain Quinn, knowing that she had no chance of even severely injuring the creature with her armaments, followed suit, and the centerbolt fleet went out towards where the science ship had gone. That was when the creature let out a psychic screech. In case you're not aware, humans have a lot more variation in psychic sensitivity than most species. They vary from being practically deaf to psychic energy to being slightly more so than the average member of the galaxy. Thankfully for the centerfold feet, not many of the crew were very sensitive to the psychic energy, or else they would have been destroyed by the creature. They were still decimated, but about 18 of the original 32 combat-ready craft managed to escape. As soon as they had left the storm in the center of the galaxy, Captain Kun sent the data to the President of the Human Federation and requested that the HFS Kraken and HFS Slayer be recommissioned to kill the Space Kraken. Thankfully, the President denied that, since tensions between the humans and the Azarians were once again on the rise, and instead suggested that all the species make a coalition forced to kill the creature. And that is our mission. We will kill this thing and then go home like nothing ever happened. I have no idea why we have to do this, but I will obey my orders, and I ask you to do the same. Good luck to you all. See you on the other side. End of story. And that, my friends, is the end of the video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you wish to support the author, check the links down below for the original link. But if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways listed down below, but the easiest would be to share this with as many people as possible to help the channel grow. And I will see you all in the next video, and until then, I hope you all have a good one. Cheers.